This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey loves, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Monthly Medicine. You know, a week late, (laughs) better than never. (laughs) This is the, so for those of you who've been listening for a long time, you'll know that in all of the years, and it's been three years that I've been doing this podcast, um, even when I've gone on hiatus, a break, I have never, ever missed a monthly medicine. I've never delayed a monthly medicine. They've always managed to come out on time, but um, I went ahead and moved across the country from New York to Oregon, and it's been, um, I mean, hard to describe it, really. Um, Wild is a really good way of describing it, terrifying in moments, beautiful, life-changing as a lifelong not just East Coaster, but Tri-State area, East Coaster. I grew up in New Jersey, right about 20 minutes outside of the Lincoln Tunnel in Manhattan. I just, uh, yeah, it's been a really cherished dream for a long time to move to the West Coast. And um, I wasn't expecting to be called to a little, to a house in like the middle of the forest, but here I am. And uh feels like an honor to be here for as long as my husband and I are here. <laughs> uh, it's really powerful. Um, but yeah, moving across the country will do things to your work schedule that I, uh, I was so uh, foolishly optimistic about. <laughs> so thanks for, uh, thanks for your patience and, uh, things are, things are going good. Just wild, you know, wildness is a big part of this month too. Um, as the theme of February is wild expansion. Uh, very excited to talk about the reading for the month. I think it's going to be very illuminating in terms of what this month has for us. Um, but it's been really cool to not touch on the monthly medicine for the last seven days because it's offered me the opportunity to sit in the month a little bit more. I usually don't do that. I'm usually talking about the month ahead before it's happening. So it's been really cool to feel into what wildness is outside of the perception, right? Outside of the idea of wildness that we might have. Wildness is really, really, really unpredictable, largely. Um, And there's been so much beautiful triggering, weird unpredictability in my life as of late. And it's just been such a teacher because of course it is, you know, you move from like Brooklyn to the woods and you're going to experience those things. Right. So, um, it's offered me such a wonderfully, um, cherished perspective that I hope will come across as a support in my words to all of you. So for this monthly medicine, we're going to spend some time talking about the theme and what it means for us. We're going to go into the reading for the month. We're going to talk about, you know, February as it is, is one of those months like March, like, um, we have a couple that are really this really potent, I call them bridge months, which really, um, we have a couple, uh, in the year, but really serve to take us from one realm of experience to another. And, um, my teacher the other day mentioned that she really felt like February was kind of the start of the year. Energetically, she really felt that. And I think given the fact that, um, February 1st was in bulk for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere and Lamas for those of us in the Southern Hemisphere, where things are starting to take place. Invisible magic is a really huge part of February. There's a lot of creation, growth, expansion, sprouting, preparing to die that looks totally um incongruous with what's going on right now, because as we sit, you know, wherever we happen to find ourselves in the Northern hemisphere, be it 
a little bit more temperate, mild, or really crushing cold weather, um, we can really see like, you know, the colder and more uh, bleak or, or stark or snowy or whatever it is, we're not seeing a whole lot of that evidence that spring is coming. And in the Southern Hemisphere, the idea that chilly nights are ahead is is crazy, right? And yet part of the beauty of the cross-quarter holidays, my favorite time on the spiral of the year, um, is that they're not just one day. They're a big experience where <clears throat> we can feel into them for weeks before and weeks after. They're really just a such a beautifully spacious container for our understanding and, and um, processing and reflection because that's really the whole point of these um, times on the spiral of the year to help to center back into what's true and to reflect on how it pertains to us. Where do we find ourselves in these experiences? So all very powerful. But um, I like this idea of thinking about February as almost like the beginning of the month because this cross-quarter in bulk being this experience right between the um, winter solstice and the spring equinox, there's something to that that I think is really powerful. There's definitely been an energetic shift for me, not um, even related to my move, but just really feeling like there's a lot more emperor energy present for me. So it's interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to see or feel or hear, you know, how y'all feel about that. Um, and before I get into monthly medicine, I do have a tiny, um, I have a tiny announcement, which is that, um, I have a new offering, which is, uh, open for a moment today, uh, cause I'm crazy, <laughs> but I'm not crazy. This is just when spirit told me to release it. So I do what spirit tells me to do. Um, my offering is called From Fear to Medicine, and this is an offering that I've done before. This is one that was actually one of my first offerings that I ever did, um, like five years ago when I was a baby, baby deer teacher, and um, one that I did, uh, I think back in 2018, um, as a kind of a live or an online course, but a guided course. And this is different. This is a totally self-guided offering. And, um, for those of you who've taken from fear to medicine in the past, the material in the course will resonate with your previous experience, but it, it is totally new and different. And, uh, so this is open for enrollment today. And really quickly, it's an online intuitive tarot course that explores soul-centered ways to work with the scary cards of the tarot and offers participants grounded foundational perspectives on how to transform any kind of fear-based relationship with their tarot practice to one of trust. So in this offering, we're going to explore 10 sort of traditionally scary cards or spiky cards of the tarot and also really look at some grounded, tangible ways for folks to bring what my teachings are around these cards and around um, building a foundational practice of working through fear with the tarot to any tarot card that worries them. So even though we may not talk about a certain card that really bugs you out, you'll learn ways in this course to apply these things so that you can take it to any card and move through a process of discovery and curiosity and ultimately coming to your own soul knowing and seeing the medicine in it. Um, and the dedication of this course is to really provide participants uh, a potent opportunity to bring attention, awareness, and an empowered perspective to their relationship with um, these cards that are so potent, but often trigger our brains so much that we can't quite get to the meat of them. Uh, and will help to rewire some of the relationships that we have around this. Um, this offering is also a really beautiful taste of the material that will be offered in my much bigger tarot course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, that's coming out this year on May 1st rather than March. Um, and I strongly recommend that if you're interested in Tarot for the Wild Soul, you give this a try um, because it's a really robust way of uh, um, it's, I mean, this from fear to medicine 
was one of my first offerings because it means the world to me. This is how I work with the tarot. It's like the strongest backbone of how I work. It's what I'm most passionate about talking about, um, how to begin to see um, work with fear in the tarot and also begin to see how all these tarot cards really do bring medicine how none of them are really bad, but our experiences of them can still be validated at the same time. I have a lot to say. So <laughs> if you feel scared of your deck, feel scared of certain cards, feel pretty paralyzed. If you find yourself, um, not even being able to engage with certain cards when you pull them in readings, if you're a tarot reader yourself and you find yourself a little bit more limited on what to say with clients or when your clients have big fear-based reactions, you don't quite know how to be with that or reassure them, I have the offering for you. <laughs> so fear from fear to medicine is out for enrollment. Now the material drops on February 28th. Um, and there is a super special early bird rate for folks who are signed up to my newsletter only. Um, but I want you, my beloved podcast listeners, um, to get access to that. So, um, the early bird will be available to you from Friday to Monday. And from Friday to Monday, I'm going to send, um, an email on this Friday so if you didn't catch it on time, that's okay. If you sign up to my newsletter, you will catch the reminder emails probably on Sunday and then again on Monday, just real quick to be like, hey, last chance. Um, so you'll be able to get the code for that um, and sign up with a slightly discounted rate. Um, so if you're interested in receiving that slightly discounted rate for this offering, you can sign up for my newsletter either on my website or on the link tree on the link in my Instagram or in the show notes, not hard to find. Um, if you have trouble finding it, you can email info at lindsaymack.com and Iris will take care of you. And, um, if you miss the, uh, newsletter, that's going to go out at 11 AM Eastern time on Friday that has the early bird information, you can always sign up at the regular rate. It's available now early bird or not. So I'm really excited to offer that. I'm going to have uh, a really special offering next month too that provides a little bit more context for the bigger course as well. I'm really excited about that. So yeah, pumped that that one wanted to come when it did. And that's it in terms of announcements. Thank you for listening to that. Um, and uh, yeah, so back to monthly medicine and really kind of diving into the meat of everything. Um, the theme for February is wild expansion. And as I mentioned before, important to remember wildness is really unpredictable. Wildness, um, is not chaotic, but it is wild. It's untamed. It's not linear. It's wholly spiralic. Wildness is the spiral. That's what it is. So when we're talking about expansion in light of wildness, what we're talking about is a kind of shedding away of the things or the ways in which we think we should be expanding, ways in which we think we should be further, better, farther along, um, whatever the fuck story we have. And those stories are really dug in. So notice if you're like, no, but I do need to be further than this. And what I'd like to say to that is if you were supposed to be further, you would be, we get where we get when we're meant to get there. Right? So wild expansion has to do with letting go of control, letting go of the stories that we have around where we think we should be or how we should be growing or the ways in which we should be showing up in the world and actually leaving some room to have clarity come through to us through our surrender, through our presence. This is a very, 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 very big month for change. There's a lot of change that's going to come um, for us, basically. Opportunities, invitations to upgrade, expand, things that we were not expecting. Mostly great. Some people will be challenged by change, absolutely. But mostly 
wonderful opportunistic change, really, really beautiful on personal and collective scales. Um, you know, we're, we're really in a time where I feel like I say this constantly, there's so little room for fucking around, you know, and, um, that's not even really quite what this month is about, although it's never really not about that anymore to open our eyes, become aware, um, of all these different ways that we can be more present and involved in our lives and involved in what matters to us. Um, but when we think about this idea of change from a soul centered perspective and the invitations that change can bring us, um, how are we responding to those changes? You know, how might the invitations for change in February conflict, agree with, totally blow us away um, with what we think should be happening, what we expect. You know, we might expect like a nice quiet month and we may get a million opportunities to do a million different, very exciting things, but we might feel kind of tired. We may realize that um, we don't want to be going where we're going. We don't want to be in this particular relationship. We do want to reclaim our time. We do want to step forward into this thing, you know, whatever it is. Um, the invitations into growth and maturity really are really quite huge this month. And it's calling us to embody all of the changes that we've really been working through over the past year. Um, especially the last six months. So the wildness in the expansion has to do with surrendering into curiosity and presence around change. Rather than assuming we know the best way to go, we can honor our preferences. This is actually exactly what I talked about in Inner Voice this week, which is really interesting, but well, not quite, <laughs> but similar themes, you know, like, um, really working through this idea that, um, you know, expansion is the dilation of the whole being, all of what we are from a holistic perspective, a holographic perspective, really, really dilating open in a way that allows for more to come in and for more to come out. We can't really bring down or channel down or be or become or create all that we want without the space to do so. And that starts inside. And the wildness factor is important here because again, it really has to do with making room for the invisible magic, just like this time on the wheel of the year, on the spiral of the year, making room for the stuff that we may not necessarily be valuing or even aware that we need right now. So that's really about coming back to our center and getting really curious. Um, so the potential that's available to us this, this month is enormous, but we have to be present to tap into it. If we find ourselves tempted or drifting into the past or into the future, how things should be or how things could be or how things might be, we're going to miss it. You know, we could say that anytime, right? Like this is all there is. Um, although the experience of feeling into the past and the future is so valid, you know, that's always okay. Um, but everything we need to evolve into the next stage of our development, our expansion, what we came to the planet to do, what will come for us this month is available to us right now. If we can come back home to what needs attention in our lives as they arise, you know, we can say what needs attention in your life right now, but you may catch this on like the 23rd of February. So don't worry about, you know, um, so much about what's here now as in time, but what's here with you through time, no matter when you listen to this podcast, it'll always be the fresh moment that you're looking for. You know, what is coming up for you right now? What's here? You know, what 
things are growing in you right under the surface beyond what you can see? What things are taking root? What seeds did you plant a long time ago that now are blooming? Finally, finally starting to take root? Just because you can't see them yet doesn't mean it's not happening. And the only way that we can really be available to that kind of expansion is to be present. That's the invitation here is to really be present and um, to offer attention in our lives to um, really make ourselves available to shed what's ready to go and step into what's ready to bloom. So it's a really big one, but the key here is really um, this idea that it's not quite what you think it is and that if you're finding yourself stuck, caught, going through the same bullshit, just like kind of riding the wheel, riding the the merry-go-round over and over and over again, um, what would it be like for you to not do anything? To just be on the merry-go-round and to shift rather than trying to get off or trying to figure out how to get off. Simply saying to yourself, um, okay, I'm on the ride. You know, I'm on the ride. How can I be with that? What is this ride offering to me? And can I cultivate a willingness to let the ride come to an end on its own time or come to a deep, true, courageous clarity about what needs to be done for me to step off the ride in a way that will allow me to not have to get on it again. So we're just looking at that, you know, we're paying attention to what comes forward in this way, but it's a big month of change, big, very, very big. Again, wild expansion. So we're talking about rather than, um, rough, harsh, intense change. Um, although that may happen too, um, for some of us, if that's what's meant, um, if that's what the experience calls for, but, um, really just the feeling of it is like a huge wind blowing, like just like a very big, expansion, um, a very big expansive set of changes that, um, we're really ready for, but the only way we can really be available for them is if we're present, if we're lost in what could have been, should have been, we think should be, we're going to miss it. If we're lost in our old, you know, outdated bullshit, we're going to miss it. It'll come back around, but you know, maybe harder, maybe not as smooth, maybe not as easeful. Certainly, if we're in the future, we're not going to be available for the opportunities that arise. So just being present is really important. Um, February is also where we, you know, travel between the energetics of Aquarius and Pisces, where we um, flow between those two energies. Um, And Aquarius is ruled by the star in the tarot and Pisces is the moon. And, um, we also have an Aquarius season, the fool, of course. And we also have in, uh, Pisces season, um, the hangman. So, or the hanged one. So thinking about how February is a bridge and provides all of this huge opportunity, you know, remember that March is like a huge, always a huge month in terms of the energetics that it brings that particular month, because we're ending things on the wheel in Pisces and shifting into Aries season. Big deal. Very big. February holding both Aquarius and Pisces is really where we start to think about what's my relationship as an individual and as a member of a collective where am I healing? What has to be healed? Um, what wounds are showing up here that need to be tended to, that are asking to be tended to, so that I can be available to be reborn, essentially, at the spring equinox? 
or the autumnal equinox, depending on where we happen to be in the wheel of the year, right? For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you'll be walking through that gateway. So thinking about that, anytime we go through, February is a huge full month. That's why all of this sweeping, beautiful change is mostly always present in February because whether we're aware of it or not, or whether or not it matches the season to us or not, we don't often think of February as being like a fool time, but the fool isn't always an external leap into the unknown or into a soul desire. The fool card is the, you know, attempt to encapsulate an experience of choosing ourselves in every moment, choosing a soul yes. It's not a leap, it's a next step. It's realizing that there's actually no ground to begin with, to leap, that we've always been off the ground. <laughs> you know, the ground in and of itself is an illusion. So when we take the quote leap, we're actually um, coming into full awareness that there was never any ground underneath our feet to begin with. So it's a really big thing, but that's very much, very much what is, um, very much what is rooted in this idea of what February is bringing. How are you choosing yourself? You know, that's so related to big expansion through change, huge. And that's very, um, Uranian, you know, the fool is ruled by Uranus and that's the ruling planet of Aquarius. And, um, Uranus brings big, beautiful change, huge change, sometimes radical, unexpected change as it should be, you know, it's great. Um, and the star, you know, really does provide this particular container, this little bubble where all of this clearing, all of this awareness can happen, can unfold and occur, um, so that we can step forward into the world, not reigniting, re-triggering, re-wounding ourselves or other people. And if we think about it in a larger perspective, to move into Pisces is the deep clearing. And we start that in February and move into March with that. So the moon typically is a reflection time where many, many things come back to us that we thought may have been gone and they are still gone. It's an illusion. It's an echo, but it's allowing us to clear up last pieces that may remain there. It's also allowing us to learn what it is to lay, sit, surrender, just let those experiences wash over us without responding to them. And hangman, hanged one, is an invitation to clear and complete cycles that may have been left open. So while we'll really travel through those things in March with, with the fullness of Pisces season unfolding, um, it's really beautiful to think about this idea of wild expansion in February that guides us into a place of both reinvigoration as we stand now, and then as Pisces season starts to really bloom open, what it is to really focus on the shedding that's necessary to let that change happen. So it's quite powerful. Um, and with Aquarius season, you know, there, I'm not, um, going to talk about any astrological transits this month because, um, I didn't get any guidance to do so. So I, I do what spirit tells me to do. Um, and, uh, but I can say, um, perhaps rather, uh, simplistically, um, this is really a time going forward with so many planets, Saturn, um, et cetera, going into Aquarius this year. This is really a time in Aquarius season to begin to plant really deep roots around community, around what it is to shift from me to us around what it is to start thinking about the support, um, the idea that we don't have to do things alone, the idea that where we expand, others can come with us. Or, um, and sometimes that involves needing to let go of some people in order to make enough room for others to come in. So there's really quite a lot of beauty here in thinking about just how this is all going to show up for you because everyone will experience this really differently. 
Um, but as we travel into the collective reading, which we're about to do for the month of February, um, you'll see that there's quite a bit of support um, holding us up. And if you're finding like, well, how can I really anchor into this? You, I think you'll be able to find some clarity here. Um, so our card for the month of February is the Wheel of Fortune, which kind of says it all, you know. Wheel of Fortune um, is ruled by Jupiter. So as much as kind of old school tarot people like to say like the Wheel of Fortune can bring horrible things or great things, that's all bullshit because Jupiter is not about horrible versus great. Neither really is life. Life can bring horrible things and it can bring great things. Um, but really the idea that we can somehow... Um, uh, the idea that it could be useful for a human nervous system to engage with a card's energy um, when the interpretation is, hey, anything could happen right now, so just be vigilant and be prepared, is really just kind of foolish um, and not in a good way, you know, not not a good kind of fool energy. Um, and it really isn't even quite how the Wheel of Fortune behaves. So Wheel of Fortune is not just some random ride that offers us a shitty turn or a great turn on the wheel. Um, the Wheel of Fortune is an invitation to become more aware of what it is to stand in the center of our lives, of our lives, or of an experience where things are changing or things are not changing. Things seem to be standing still or we don't have answers or things aren't clear. What is it to stand in the center of the cyclone and not do anything until we're clear about the next step? Wheel of Fortune, I like, I've been teaching this for years, is the divine intersection between our free will and our choices and a sense of destiny. Um, there are absolutely, when we speak of the major arcana, um, we're talking about the energy of ocean waves, of weather, of acts of God. We're talking about a larger perspective. The macrocosm in soul tarot um, is involved in the major arcana. So Wheel of Fortune is a major. So we think when we think about this idea that this card is our card for the for the month, what we're talking about is a whole month where we get to lay down in the opportunity, in the invitation of what it is to choose wisely how we respond to our life circumstances. If we're not clear on what to do, do we push through, claw through, or do we just hang out or try to do the most graceful thing? If we're really in the midst of a lot of swirling change, do we lose our minds and freak out? And by the way, that it's always okay to lose our minds and freak out with big change. Um, but is there a way for us to kind of flow into that cyclone and then come back into the eye? So Wheel of Fortune lets us know that Always when we receive this card, something is coming, an opportunity, a potential, a growth, an expansion, something is on its way. Something's taking root that we can't see right now. And the way that we can be with it is to be fully, fully present because we're not going to know immediately what it is. It's going to come over time. It'll come gradually. That's to be expected and it's totally fine. What we want to be doing with that is paying attention to what's in front of us. Wheel of Fortune, for all of its grandeur and power, is really a big chop wood carry water card. It's really like, look at literally what's in front of you and go step by step. The minute you step into, oh my God, I have to do all of this or all of that, we're going to lose that sense of centeredness. But if we can stay in the center and if we can literally just be like, oh, I, I, you know, haven't made my bed, you know, I'll, I'll make my bed and then I'll move on to the next thing. Oh, I left dishes in the sink. I didn't wash them. I'll wash them now. You know, literally step by step by step. That's it. Brush our teeth. That's it. <laughs> you know, um, 
Wheel of Fortune is also a great card for taking care of business. Yes, I know this sounds odd, but I really spent a lot of time, um, like at tea dates and big lunches and big conferences with Wheel of Fortune. And, um, this is a card that I, I has really been so generous with me, um, because my method is to just sit and ask the card what it is and put my beliefs and my preferences aside while I let the card guide me. And so um, I've discovered some really interesting things about this card and the way it behaves. Um, and one of the ways it really behaves is that it's so good at being like, do you need to go to the dentist? Do you need to call the maintenance person? You know, do you need to like the, literally um, one of the most beautiful ways that we can actually be present is to, um, Byron Katie talks about this, doing the dishes and loving it. That's what Byron Katie refers to it as. It's like, just if there's dishes to do, you do them. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about that. Ram Dass talked about that. Um, so many people have talked about that idea of just simply, um, noticing the mind and how the mind will say, I don't want to do the dishes. It's not my turn to do the dishes. And to just simply say, well, here we are you know, and I, I, I need a clean bowl, so I'm going to do them. And, um, to notice how the mind might say, you know, I don't feel like it and to just do it anyway, not because we're forcing it, but because we're choosing presence. And from there, there's so much room for wild expansion. So we have a beautiful opportunity this month to get to really know Wheel of Fortune and see the way it flows for us in our lives. Now, the lesson of the month, which is really the thing we are actively learning in co-creation with spirit here is the lovers. So this is, the lovers is such a powerful card because, um, it's like, again, like Wheel of Fortune, so not what people think it is and so much more multifaceted and also really hard to pin down, which all of those aspects are beautiful parts of Gemini energy. Very hard to, you know, um, very often I think Gemini is, you know, um, really oversimplified and, um, the, the complexity of the sign and of the energy is not wholly discussed or brought down. Um, and I think that the lovers is one of those cards where everybody thinks they know what it means. And it's like so much more than that. Um, and it's really an experience, which is, I think, very Gemini too. Um, but how it pertains to us this month, what are you assigning meaning and attachment to outside of yourself? Is there a person, a relationship, a thing, a status, an amount of money, um, uh, even like, um, lovers can show up even with, um, like where we live, you know, the landscape of what we see. If we're attaching any kind of, this is bigger than me, more important than me. If I have this thing, it will complete some part of who I am. If there is any of that for you, some that you may be aware of, some not, the lesson for you will be to turn that mirror of the lover's card back onto yourself and realize that the thing that you may feel so desirous of in this person, so, um, uh, that you may be so intensely longing for in your life, um, when we work with lover's energy, we often forget to apply the desire, to apply that sense of um, longing to ourselves. We forget really easily or we don't even realize that the thing that's really sparking something for us in lovers is the fact that this person, this thing, this status is reflecting something back to us about ourselves that we've lost. So if we have someone in our lives who, for one reason or another, deeply excites us, deeply engages us, 
maybe arouses us, attracts us. We want to be around them. We want to be them. We want to feel um, like we're close to them. And there isn't a possibility to have that with that person. Either they're unavailable or they've said no, or, you know, it's inappropriate, whatever it is. Um, As long as it's like a safe, you know, engagement, you know, our feelings about that are, are valid. You know, we don't want to necessarily involve that other person though. Once, um, the clarity has been set about the fact that that person isn't available, um, or isn't meant to give that reflection back to us in quite the way we might want. The next natural step is to realize that what that person is beaming into our lives is some part of us that we've forgotten is in us. Some part of us that we're being asked to fall in love with again. You know, some part of us that is in there now, but we may feel so uncomfortable, so far away from it. And it may feel so much easier to see in another person. It might feel a hell of a lot easier to think, you know, this person, this um, situation, this opportunity, this place to live, this um, thing, if I had this thing, if this thing was a part of my life, if I could just be with this in the way that I so desperately wanted, um, if we're really honest with ourselves underneath that, there can be a sense of, well, everything would be okay or I'd have something that I'm missing. And the lovers, um, the lesson when this card shows up as a lesson is an opportunity to, to consistently bring that mirror back to center. What is it about you that you're being asked to fall in love with? What is it about you that you're being asked to love, to turn the potency of your desire in on yourself? You know, is there another direction that that intensity or that desire or that longing for something or someone, is there another direction that that energy can flow in? Can it flow toward your relationship? Can it flow toward your friendship? Can it flow toward your job? Can it flow toward you taking care of yourself in a whole other way? Lover's energy is super mutable. It's Gemini. It's, you know, coming in and pinging off all these different places in us. It pings off our hands, it pings off our lungs, our breath, it pings off our nervous systems. So it can be really challenging with lover's energy to determine like, well, yeah, I I feel this way, or I want this thing, or I'm feeling this way about this person or this situation, but what do I do with it? Um, And the thing with Gemini is that um, that energy, Gemini starts with themselves pulls it out into the world to reflect on what is happening outside of themselves and then pulls it back into themselves. So it is a beautiful triangle, um, which is such a powerful way to look at Gemini energy. But with lover's energy, we often forget to complete the triangle and it'll only be two. So we'll start with ourselves and something will be in our external world. We'll think, oh, it's just the external baby. That's all I got, (laughs) you know? And, um, really with lovers, we have to have that final connection from external back to internal, you know, what is in your life that you are wanting, longing for? What does it mean to you and why, why do you desire it? You know, it's important to, you know, sometimes when we have big desires, we don't always think of them as, like we, we think, you know, these are so big, these feelings, and it's not about it, it denying or ignoring them. It's just simply about acknowledging the fact that, um, they may not always be completely what is in our highest and best to have at this moment. Sometimes, sometimes not. So it's really about looking very closely at, if we're learning this, you know, what is it that this person place thing that um, is coming up for us this month as something that we're so longing for, so desiring? What is it about this thing that we're missing ourselves in? 
that's the lesson. And, you know, if it sounds a little confusing, I don't blame you for thinking that because um, lovers is really tricky energy. So it's really important to get really quiet and clear. It requires a lot of centering and it's also really easy to get tricked by. Not tricked in a um, in a negative way, but tricked like um, we can be like halfway down the you know, four clicks down a river being like, I'm in love. And the person's completely unavailable. (laughs) It's like impossible. Um, and that's lover's energy, uh, believe it or not. It's actually more often seen with folks who, um, are not for us in that way uh, that are actually bringing a gift, a mirror of reflection to us. And if we're not careful, we can fall in love with the mirror instead of seeing what they're actually reflecting, which is us. And I mean, the most beautiful lover's experiences are when we reflect something to each other and then both take that reflection into our separate lives. And, um, it's really about learning that, um, even when we're with someone romantically, that's like the best gift we can offer each other is just lighting each other up and then taking it into our lives. So reclaiming yourself in what you are longing for outside of you, really important, a big lesson, very big and ties a little bit into what we were talking about regarding. You may not get an opportunity to expand in the way that you might want to right now, but you'll get what you need. That's very much what we're talking about regarding this. What we're releasing this month, Four of Wands. So anytime I talk to my students about, you know, pulling a nice card, quote unquote, like Four of Wands for what we're releasing, you always have to look at what you're walking into, which Um, for us this month, this page of pentacles, which we'll go into in a second, but it, you have to have the full perspective to understand that it's not like we're throwing four of wands in the garbage can. (laughs) You know, anytime we look at a card, um, through the lens of releasing, we understand that we're free to shed some aspect of that card because it's not where our opportunity or area of focus is going to be right now. It's just simply that we have done it, whatever we've needed to embody or to look at in Four of Wands, we have done so. So for us this month, given that we're releasing Four of Wands and walking to our page of pentacles, what we're doing with that is releasing um, the hard work that weirdly um, it's weird to say work around play, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it because for most of us play and taking time for pleasure and enjoyment is actually quite challenging. Um, it's not that we're finished with this. It's that this month we are releasing the fact that this is our centerpiece in the area that is asking for the most attention. Four of Wands is a card that asks us to give up our, like, um, it's a total, I think, kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas Carol card because um, Four of Wands is like the exact opposite of what Scrooge kind of wants to do. He wants everybody to work on Christmas. He's not into it. And by the time the novel is over or the movie is over, depending on the story you're engaging with, Um, Scrooge has really kind of left his work behind, um, at least for the time being, and is really um, in a receiving state of celebration and the ability to celebrate family and kin and all that. Um, And so for us, the wands is such a hardworking suit. Like we work so fucking hard as individuals and as collective, as a collective, we never know when to stop. It's capitalism. Like we're always um, finding more money in time to take money in time, you know, or, um, trying to figure out how to get more money in time, you know? Um, so we're not releasing this as though we've, we've got it all wrapped up and we're done. We're releasing it because it's going to start to play in the background because we've done more work in that area than we may have believed that we have. And now we're being invited to shift our focus into a different area Um, because 
We have everything we need within us now to know when it is wise to take breaks and wise to engage with work. Our nervous systems have gone through enough so that even when we feel totally unaware, the signals of, hey, you're pushing me too hard are way louder for, for most of us than they were a year ago. Um, even if we don't necessarily know why, even if we haven't really been like working on any of this, it's part of the collective upgrades that we've been doing. So releasing four of wands doesn't mean we're complete with learning how to play and engage with pleasure in moments when we deserve it and need it so we can refill our cup. Releasing it means that it's now in some way embodied in our being and we're being asked to just keep an eye on it, but it's not the center point of our focus. That's not what we're doing with February. It'll still be a part of us, but it's not our focus. Our focus, what we're walking toward is Page of Pentacles. Page of Pentacles, um, you know, thus far, Wheel of Fortune lovers and Page of Pentacles are all very powerful deep gaze into the eye of the hurricane cards. Um, lovers is a deep gaze into self around a really strong external invitation, a really strong external thing um, where we really get the chance to undo um, a kind of an attachment that we have to the idea that something outside of us, if we had it, would complete us in some way. And we're beginning to realize that um, we get the chance to lay down some track in uh, February that um, it's really us that we're being called to see ourselves in this external thing. Um, Wheel of Fortune calls us to stay super present while things move around us. What What is it to be in our lives in such um, present ways and how do we actually engage with that? You know, and the more we uh, choose to engage with it, the more Jupiter can work on our behalf. So that's part of why this card bodes really well for us. Actually, Wheel of Fortune always brings positivity. We can try to manipulate Wheel of Fortune and kind of veer off the road, or we can stay in our center and let, you know, let life take us where it's meant to take us. But Page of Pentacles is about coming back to deep inquiry. What is it that we're doing here? Like in a, in a big way, <laughs> this card really asks that question. It wants to know why it came to the planet. It wants to know why it's doing what it's doing. What are the reasons? It's a reflective card. It's a, it's a card that wants to take an inventory. It wants to inquire and it wants to invite us into really, really deep, fine tuning, fine inquiry on why do we do the things that we do? Some of us have no choice. We have to do the things we have to do. But even that is worthy of reflection. Even that is worthy of dropping in and going a little deeper. Are we absolutely sure that that's true? I'm not saying that it isn't true, but it is important to question. It is important to ask the question. Um, this card is the deepest seeker in the tarot. It really wants to know, why am I doing the things I'm doing? What did I come to the planet to do? And how can I make myself available to be even more reflected and tuned in so that I can know my next steps. So part of the wild expansion of this month is also recognizing that we're going to be really probably called in totally, a total myriad and variety of ways, really called to get down to the, to the nitty gritty about why we're doing what we're doing. Why do we want what we want? you know, what's underneath the wanting, you know, why, um, why do I do this podcast? You know, just asking myself that question. I do it because spirit tells me to, and because it's a really beautiful offering, but for sure, I think about that all the time. Is it still in alignment? Are people still feeling called? Are people still interested? Am I still interested? 
um, am I hearing a yes to do it, even though I might not be interested, you know, in certain moments, like, but getting down to actually, why did I choose to do it in the first place? You know, did I lose sight of the original? Why, why am I, you know, and we can bring that kind of beautiful inquiry to everything because the best thing that can happen with that inquiry is a, we, uh, release what we're doing because it doesn't match what we want. It doesn't match what we came to the planet to do. If we have that privilege and that luxury, or sometimes if we don't, and we just want to take that leap and be a wonderful thing that can happen is that we reconnect with our original intention and stay really open to other things that might want to come through. So it's all a gift no matter how we play it, it's all a gift, but we're shifting our attention away from how can I prioritize pleasure? How can I bring in, um, more breaks, more time that is still going to be playing out. We're not letting go of it as in going away. So that four of wands will still be playing out, but our focus this month is toward inquiry review and reflection. What are we doing here? You know, when we think about wild, unexpected, beautiful, like, like wild expansion, not expansion in the direction that we're manipulating or strategizing, but one that will grow on its own, on its own time. One that comes as it comes. Like what, how is that connected to what we're doing as human beings on the planet? And then the medicine for the month ahead, the literal honeyed sweet medicine that we can take um, when we just feel like we don't know what the fuck is going on, we don't know how to be present, we don't know how to work with this change is Ace of Cups. So Ace of Cups is an invitation to love the self deeply. And everybody has a different way of caring for themselves, loving themselves. Everybody's at different spaces with it. And nobody's way of loving and caring for themselves is less valid than another's. So while others may feel very, um, very seasoned and very knowledgeable in what helps them feel um, nourished and loved and cared for, you know, when we have a really good sense of what um, we need as beings... Um, some of us are right at the beginning of that journey. That's that's all okay. Um, ace of Cups is an offering. Any ace, you know, we learned about this a few weeks ago on this podcast with an episode that I did about the ace, about the aces. Um, we can put forward an invitation. You know, the ace comes forward with a big spirit guided, like a big download, but it's up to us intersection of free will and fate to choose to take it. This month is all about choice. There's big change, big opportunity, big stuff. Every single one of these cards relates to choice. How we engage with Wheel of Fortune involves our choice. How we relate to the lovers involves choice. It involves willingness definitely page of pentacles involves choice. Any ace involves choice. We have to choose to take the cup every time we have to choose to take the pentacle. We have to choose to take the sword. It's up to us. Nothing just gets done to us. And even when things in life do happen, we're asked to respond to them through choice. We may not always be able to control what happens to us in this life. We may not always understand the reason or the why, but we can go one step at a time. We can choose to tend to and nurture ourselves in the best way we know how. And Ace of Cups as the medicine for the month ahead provides that insight for us. It provides that homecoming, that gateway. It says, yeah, like no matter how confusing this shit gets or how esoteric this monthly medicine feels or, you know, what might be coming up for you this month, you can always come back to how can I be as kind to myself in this moment as I can possibly be? You know, what feels the best here? You know, for, for those of us, that best is going to totally vary. So it's really wise not to compare or have our eyes on anyone else's paper. So 
really what helps you. That's where we start with this. So February's highest invitation, the the highest opportunity is that our lives are really fit and primed to change us. This is not a hangman year. This is not a justice year. This is an emperor motherfucking year. This is about expansion, change, evolution, growth. I have a right to be here. I have a right to take up space. I do not need to shrink. I do not need to hide. I do not need to apologize. Anytime we feel anyone inviting us into that, we can just energetically or actually say, hey, no thank you. No thank you. You know? Wild expansion and so much of what Emperor brings to us in a soul-centered way involves us finally, finally embodying what we came to this fucking planet to do. Everything on this planet is so the most beautiful offering that we can give to the planet right now, like literally right now, is to honor, honor the invitation of truth, of what you came to do, what you came to be, to do it, to be it, to not hide, to not wait, to not pause. You know, obviously, if you're getting intuitively to pause, please do so. But um, to no longer be afraid to be who you came here to be. So part of that involves rewilding and unlearning some of the ways in which we've thought are the right way to be on the planet, that we had to push and strive and strategize and manipulate to get ahead. And none of that um, really actually works anyway. Like it'll work only to a certain point. Um, it might even get you really far, but it won't get you as far, um, as, uh, the reflection that can come with a page of pentacles experience can, it won't take you quite as far as learning what it is to stay centered in yourself in the midst of wild changes. It won't take you quite as far as learning the value of seeing yourself in the attachments that you have to external things and how they're mirrors back to yourself. We're reclaiming our power here this month, which is a really big preparation for us as we kind of um, journey into the initiation of the new seasonal wheel on March 31st, or March 21st. Um, so always to start thinking about our choices when it comes to big change and what it is to um, honor our preferences, know that we might want or feel or be drawn to something and to trust what comes to our gateway, to trust that whatever's coming for us is exactly what's meant to come um, in so many different ways. Like not necessarily that everything happens for a reason, but insofar as if it's here, it's very hard to argue that it shouldn't be here. So what can we do to be with it in the best way that we can? How are we ready to step forward into our lives in a much more expanded, a wildly expanded and supported way than maybe we ever have before? So that's what we're starting to think about here. So that is our, that's, that's, that's all she wrote, I think. Um, Thank you so much for listening and thank you as always for traveling with me on this journey and for being with me on this road. Um, if you'd like to sign up for From Fear to Medicine, you can go to lindsaymack.com slash from fear to medicine. If you want to receive that early bird rate, you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, it uh, is available to you on the show notes, that link, or on my website or um, at the link on my Instagram profile. And if you don't receive the Friday newsletter, you're welcome to email info at lindsaymack.com and ask for it. Or you can wait um, until some follow-up emails go out on Sunday and Monday, and then you'll get that code then. Um, just loving all of you. 
honoring all of you, thanking you for being here with me and for um, being so patient with me <laughs> in the midst of this really wild time. Um, next week, I'm going to have an episode that dives into a little bit of how we can, uh, just a little taste of From Fear to Medicine, like how we can begin to work with this idea that every card brings medicine and little ways to apply that. So I'm really excited to, uh, to offer that. And if you have questions for me about, um, working with any aspect of your tarot practice that feels fearful for you or a card that feels fearful, um, please go to ask Lindsay, which is also a link on the show notes and, um, ask me your question and maybe I'll answer it next week. But until then, uh, just loving all of you, thanking you. And until we connect next week, be well. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.